Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. Welcome back to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori, and as always, to my right is the man who has a quarantine beard. And that beard is as uncomfortable for me to look at as I feel pregnant. David Nori? How do you really feel about the beard then, huh? It's, just, it's the twisting of the beard. It's the twisting. Like, you twist your beard like an eighth grade schoolgirl twists her hair. So what you're saying, uh, you're you're not a friend of the beard, is what you're saying. I'm not a friend of the beard. Well, I'm the not. beard the beard feels the beard feels hurt. The beard feels violated. It feels like you made How could not I have like violated it. the beard. Well, he's sensitive. The beard is sensitive. Oh. You should be friends with the beard. I don't want to be friends with the beard. I don't mind being friends with you, but I can't be friends with you with that. So kind of beard. basically, what you're saying it's, it's conditional. It's, yes. Yeah, it's one or the other. It's not <laughs> it's both. A, okay. It's a conditional All right. thing. Well, unfortunately, you know, friendships don't work like that. <laughs> they don't. You're right. And that's what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> yes, guys, that's our that's our segue. <laughs> the beard, uh, the friendship with the beard, is is a segue into the bigger topic, which is is friendship in general. Um, we're going to talk about spousal friendship. We're going to talk about godly friendship, and we're going to talk about the friendship that we all know is friends, uh, you know, what we grew up with. What do you consider your friends? What's your, what's your kind of friendly love language, so to speak? So Curious out of those, though. Like, let's think about this, because we're in an age and a time now where business especially, um, and especially as entrepreneurs, we kind of get to choose who we work with over time. And I think that it's really important among this mixed bag of different types of friendship that we touch on that. Like, what is friendship look like in business? What should it look like? What should it feel like? In well, let's, let's, let's backtrack a second here because let's, let's do an overview and, and something that the audience can relate to right away. We are on, been on lockdown. We've been in quarantine. This is testing the friendships in the house, and it's even testing friendships within a family and groups because mm-hmm. what's happening is we don't have the regular outlets that we're used to. If we're not getting outside and we're, and we're not doing the things that we did to you know, cut stress or just we're, we're in this little box. And, and I see it on our family thread, uh, a, th- a, th- a thread that my family has like 10 or 12 of us, cousins, nieces, you know, sisters, brothers, moms, and dads. And, and man, it's gotten really tense a couple of times here because that's what happens is we say one thing and it gets taken out of context. That's what technology happens. We have no idea how to take that text from our friend or from our family member because we are reading it in, in two-dimensional. We're not hearing it. We're not feeling it. We're not seeing what, what they're stressing. And we know that gets taken out of context. It's like the famous Seinfeld scene where he's like, these pretzels are making me thirsty. 
And there's like 20 different ways you can say that. But if you just had on a piece of paper, these pretzels are making me thirsty, it's got no context behind it. But if you say, these pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> I'm so confused. In context, we're, we're losing the, in our world today of friendships and business friendships and, and spousal communication friendships, oftentimes we're communicating via text, via emails. So and and we don't know where, where the syllabus I mean, syllabus, where the syllables are. We don't know what's, <laughs> what's being emphasized. And it's causing us to miscommunicate. So that's where we start is let's start communicating and realize one thing. If you have really good friends, especially if you have family members, you're going to fight. You know, Angelique and I always talk about in our marriage here, it's not if you will fight, it's how you will fight. And we have to know, like I got into a pretty heated argument with my, with my nephews and stuff. And at the end of the day, I mean, it got pretty ugly, but at the end of the day, I said, hey, you guys are my family and I love you. Nothing's going to change. Like, next time we see each other, we're over this. Like, we have to be able to move beyond that. So that's where I'm coming from is every friendship will be tested. And there's a, there's a you know, I like to relate things to music. So anybody remember TLC? Mm -hmm. What? Huh? Where are they from? Do you remember? What city? I don't remember. Uh, from Hotlanta. Oh, right. Okay. And I'm wearing a Saints jersey right now. I'm wearing my Demario Davis jersey. So Atlanta, it's uh, not really good friends when it comes to football. But I digress. You uh, <laughs> You're, I'm still waiting. I'm all over the place <laughs> today. Okay. So TLC had Bring a song. Back, TLC had a song called. Uh, what about your friends? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I just like to I like to relate everything to music, and it says uh, a couple of lyrics are. Will they stand your ground? Will they let you down? Um, when, when, will they dog me out, basically, when they're next to me? So I like the term dog me out because this gets into those work relationships and friendships, and this gets into all of our regular relationships. No friendship is perfect. Everybody listening right now, think of a time. It could have been a year ago. It could have been a month ago. It could have been a day ago where you kind of dogged out your friend. You know, maybe it was to someone in your family, maybe it was to another friend, because if you have a friend, you're not, it's not reasonable to think that it's always going to be perfect and we have to vent. So I'm, I'm thinking about this right now and putting it back on myself. I know my friends, some of my best friends, if I asked them, I said, Hey, have you guys ever dogged me out kind of like to each other or yeah, you'd be lying if you say you didn't. I'm sure I've done something to irritate you, piss you off or rub you the wrong way. And when you went home after a conversation, you said to your wife, man, David was really a jerk today, or I can't believe he said this. It's human nature. The question is how we get past that stuff. Like friendship should be lasting and bonding. You got nothing on that? I mean, which part? You, you went eight different directions. Um, well, it's relationships in general. So when you think, think turned on, right, you have to have a connection. And connection is nothing unless it's communicating. So if you look at turning on a light switch in your house, if it's not communicating with the breaker, then we don't get to turn on a light. So the same with a connection in a relationship, or in this case, we're talking about friendship or a friendship in the context of, you know, loving relationships, whether it's husband and wife, family, friends, business partners, whatever. If we lack communication, we lack connection. If we lack connection, we don't have a relationship. You have, 
you know, a, a struggle for control. You have a power uh, alpha dog struggle. There's a tug of war that's constantly going to be going on. And it becomes, for lack of a better term, like a pissing contest. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and you think about when it comes to marriage, because there are multiple times when, like, we were just having this discussion downstairs. And it goes back to our previous episode about doing things um, to help each other in different endeavors, whether it's keeping the house in order, keeping our business order, keeping our relationships in order. And, you know, you'll bring up something that you're doing for me. And I'm like, should I bring out my list? Because that's what happens. It becomes a pissing contest. Yeah. Instead of just looking at each other and saying, how can I serve you today to lessen your bandwidth so that we can come together and actually move the needle in the areas that count the most, rather than just stand here and waste 30 minutes of who did more in what area. Yeah, you said it. So it has everything to do with how we communicate. And, you know, I think about the different ways that you've summed up friendship here. And I think about, you know, I, I've, I was trying to take just an audit in my head of relationships in my life. And I can actually proudly say that I don't recall ever having a true friendship that ever came to an argument where I lost a friend. And I don't know if that just is chalked up to me. I'm, being, I'm very non-confrontational, and I did spend a lot of my time being people-pleasing, people you know. But um, I don't recall a time where I was just, I lost a friendship over egos or blows, you know. Now, I have, I have seen relationships where people in the other side of relationship turn their back because they were conditional, but there's always a seat at my table. And this is not just me saying, hey, I'm better at friendship or relationship than you are. What, what I'm saying is, is that when tensions are high, when money is at stake, when emotions are at stake, when anything is at stake for one person or other, sometimes it's just their morals, right? Their morals might be at stake someone somewhere will become yes. offended. And in that offense, I don't care how much alcohol or drugs you give that person, they're not going to waver and it's not going to actually be the ROI you're looking for. It's, it, you just kind of have to chalk it up to, I don't want to say a loss, but just like a, a patient you know, party where you're just going, okay, well, you know, I'm here, I'm gonna re remain resolute. And when, when you're ready to communicate, when you're ready to actually have a real conversation, and if you care enough about this, we can revisit it. But right now, I'm just yeah. going to remain neutral. No, I'm going to give you some credit. First of all, you are very mature. You, 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 I literally can look at you and say, what you just said is true. You have a very big heart. Um, you don't hold resentment. And a lot of people do. That's what holds a lot of people back from friendships, either friendships in the real world, like that we meet every day in our neighborhood, in our business, or even in friendships in your family relationships like that, is some people just want to hold on to resentment. They can't let go of something. And, and that'll destroy more families, more marriages, more friendships than anything. If you can't let go of resentment and, and get past it, then you're not going to make very many good friends. <laughs> I had to, hate to say it. And the other part is male and female. Interesting story. My good friend, Avi. Man, when, when these two elementary schools came together in sixth grade, I don't know why, but my friend Avi and I, we fought probably, and I'm talking schoolyard fights. For the first two weeks of school, we might have had five schoolyard fights. Like, I don't know what it was. I can't retrace it back to the memory, but 
we literally went to Duke's like five out of the first 12 days of school and we hated each other. Um, Avi became like my best friend all through, after that we just became best friends. I mean, sleeping over each other's house every weekend. We had so many adventures together. Um, we, we still communicate to this day years later. I, I know he would remember fighting in the schoolyard. We don't know why. Guys have a way of doing that. Um, but what happens is that's fine when you're younger. That's kind of the way boys will be boys. Uh, when you get older, when it gets in these male relationships, you said something, Angelique, that I really like. You talked about the alpha dog. And, and that is another destroyer of relationships for men as we mature. If it's one guy still thinks he has to be that alpha dog and wants to dominate the conversation, he's always right, never wrong, or you know, just has that sense, that frustrates me, you know, because I try to have a godly attitude and I don't want to get into, like you said, the pissing contest is is a great term for that. I mean, kind of not really a godly concept, but it's not, sorry. I, I get but, it. You know, it's a so that's where life. we're at. And the resentment and the alpha dog concept, that can even leak into the marriage part. If mm -hmm. I'm always right, like Pastor Mark Driscoll says, if I'm always right, never wrong, always the teacher, never the student, then we're not going to have a very good marriage. And right. if I hold on to resentment, if I say, man, I can't believe, you know, she didn't thank me for that amazing dinner I made her last week. If, if I hold on to something stupid like that, it's silly. Well, it is silly because then the running list in my head will come out of the things that are thankless in this household based based on what I do. And that doesn't, that's not, that's not a relationship. That's, that's a competition. Okay. And, you know, you said alpha dog. Um, this goes for females. Right now, right now, more than ever, there is a race for the alpha female, female dog. And here's why. Because women are rising to the top faster than ever in terms of power, in terms of wealth, in terms of leadership. And it can get very hairy when not handled properly. When women can't communicate properly, when they carry old catty behavior with them into the marketplace, it turns into a comp competitions versus complementary. Like collaboration is key here. And you know, um, we just recently partnered, turned on with a company um, in the network marketing industry. And you know, like I had said before, I was done, done, done with network marketing. But I, I didn't want to let go of the reason network marketing exists in the first place, to be a free man enterprise, for people to have a, a low risk, high yield business opportunity to put the training wheels on for entrepreneurship. Because I really believe in revenue, um, you know, multiple streams of revenue and income. But here's the thing, and I'm going to tell you where this ties back. When mammon, okay, when this, the search for wealth becomes greed and evil, becomes the alpha dog in business, we lose our ethos, we lose our humility, and we lose our ability to collaborate and edify the industry or any market or business or whatever. So why is that? It's not because the industry itself does it. It's the people that are in it, running it, and perpetuating it that do. So it really comes back to the people, not the industry. It's yes. the people running it. Therefore, if we cannot in our own homes control that, in our own minds control that, and in our own spirits control that, then we are not turned on.
We're not turned on to God. We're turned on to our own egos. We're turned on to our own agenda. And we're turned on to our own need to be right. Mm. And if that is what is controlling the ship, whether it's the ship in your head, the ship in your home, or the ship in your business, we have inverted the divine order. No and shit. That is where, that is where things get massively inverted and disrupted. So when we partnered with this company, it's because you said, you know what, I'm not going to stand for this. I'm not going to stand for the thing that gave us freedom and family and the ability to help other people uh, find that and find their voice. I'm not going to let that go because a few people in the industry have destroyed the reasons it was started. So therefore, in, when it comes to our marriage or when it comes to relationships or in business, what I like to refer to as commission ships, I am not going to fall by the wayside on my own ethos and my own core values and allow that to be the thing that pushed me down. That should make us rise to a higher standard and be an example. So when we come to terms in this in our marriage, we have to rise and be an example. Or we can just fall ourselves into a statistic and say it didn't work for me the same way network marketing didn't work for someone else or the same way another industry didn't work for something else or who, who the heck knows. Like, we can always look to the thing and say, that was the reason it didn't work. Or we can take radical responsibility and say, I didn't turn on the breaker switch. Therefore, I couldn't flip anything else in my life. We're always going to be, what you're saying is true, because we're always going to be a work in progress. We're, if, when, one of the things I mentioned in the book is some people say, well, this is just me. That's just the way I am. Take right. it or leave it. And I say, hey, that's, that's a great little meme for you to put up on social media. That's great. But in the real world, it doesn't work. In the real world, when you walk in and you say, hey, this is me, take it or leave it, you know, and you're a jerk, guess what? You're going to be pretty lonely. You have to be able to, to be able to forgive people. You have to be able to let go of resentment, to bend and break and get along and compromise. We see what's happening in Washington, D.C. right now when we have a lot of people who aren't willing to bend, who aren't willing to compromise, who aren't willing to get along, and they just stand there and go, this is the way it is. Mm -hmm. And then you have stagnation. Is that a word? Stagnation? Stagnation. You love it? That's a David Noriism right there. You know what I'm talking about. You have stagnation. Here's my three recipes. I just wrote this down. The recipes for any type of friendship. There's, there's three things that just came right to my head. One, trust. Mm -hmm. It's got to be trust. Two, reciprocation. Yes. And three, respect. Yes. I mean, it's so simple. And if you just write those down right now, trust, reciprocation, and respect. And then go through your list of people in your family, your list of people that you work with at your job or your career, and then your, your close friends. And, and ask yourself, where, do they, where are they? Do they trust you? Do you trust them? You know, Peter denied Jesus three times. I mean, there was, there was a lot of trust there, but that's a different situation. He knew what was coming. He knew Peter was going to deny it. But even though we think our friends would have our backs and we trust them, hey, sometimes when push comes to shove and, and all on the line, you look around and go, hey, I thought I had some friends here. Can you relate to that? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, I thought I had some friends here, but uh, apparently, apparently <laughs> things change. And sometimes money gets between friends. Yeah. Reciprocation. That's a huge part. Uh, if, if, if a friend does something for you, it, it can't be all take and no give. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that. It's got to be a, a, a two-way street, and that goes for a relationship. And the last thing is respect. I have to be able to respect you. 
um, it, even if we are different, even if we don't agree on everything. Mm -hmm. I have four friends that I went to college with, and we're all on a thread too, and they all moved to different parts of the country. One's down, you know, one's in Florida, I'm here in Tennessee, one's up in New York, one's out in Denver, uh, different backgrounds. Some have kids, some don't, you know, some are politically left, some are politically right. But we argue and we disagree, but we don't let it get between our friendship. We don't like say, I'm out of here and you guys are jerks. Mm -hmm. So that's I important. I want to go to the reciprocal part because this is actually something we teach in the turned on method. Uh, when it comes to the what we call the core four, um, which are the re the closest relationships around you, and that doesn't mean by default because there's people in our family that could be considered in one of what we would think would be the core four, but they're not the ones that help us move the needle. They're just there by default. So the people that we choose to be our core four um, is a different area of how we can stay turned on in our faith in our bodies, with our mental, physical health, in our home team, with marriage and you know, holding us accountable to a higher standard and, and family and in business. And we, one of the questions we ask is, can you reciprocate the relationship? And this is often confused because many people think, well, if I need someone in my life to hold me accountable to this, I'm almost looking at them like a mentor. And therefore, if they're teaching me all the things that I need, how can I possibly reciprocate um, if, if I don't have anything to offer right now? Maybe that thing that you think you have to offer is monetary. Maybe you think that what you, what you have or that you're gifted in is um, not, not valuable enough okay, to that person. That's not what we're talking about. In my, if, if I have a true friend, and they come to me for help or um, anything related to when you think of a relationship, and then I spend endless amount of time or any given amount of time trying to help them, you know, wearing my heart on my sleeve, giving them advice, uh, and then and then they they take it and then they do nothing with it. That's not reciprocal. Reciprocal means it's not so much what's in it for me for being there, it's what's in it for you once you take what was given to you in value and share it, expand it, activate it, put it into play. That's the difference. Like I get crazy amounts of joy and fulfillment from my friendships and relationships when, I, when people would come to us for, for help and then they go do it and they freaking win. Like that to me is reciprocal. I get joy out of that. That brings me value. Can they do other things within their gifts and their talents? Absolutely. I wouldn't refuse that. But my point is, is reciprocating means taking something and actually putting it into play because it doesn't hold value inside. It doesn't hold value until it's shared. It doesn't hold value until it's multiplied. Like God said, be fruitful and multiply. It's not just procreation, it's multiply these things I gave you. Take what I have provided in, in value and given to you innately and go multiply it. That is relationship and that's reciprocation. So if, if you take that and, and cause you could put that into a godly example, right? God gave you gifts and he wants you to take that. Totally. Um, in, in your, in your, marriage we have to have the ability to do that too 
give and take. That's why we marry someone who's not exactly like us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I used to be under this false assumption that I needed to marry someone who was exactly like me. That and then I married someone who wasn't exactly like me and kind of a 180, and it works out really good that way. Um, Does it? Uh, <laughs> you complain a lot sometimes. <laughs> I do. You do complain. Yeah, and, and you don't. I know. I complain. What's there to complain about? Anyway, um, here's the other thing, selflessness. Here's the, I, I could add that. I said trust, reciprocation, respect, selflessness, okay? Think about where that falls into all of your relationships, your friendships. I have a friend, and, and this is kind of what sparked this, this topic, is we realize in, in our business relationships, ask yourself, do you have a lot of people, hey, I'm promoting this, I'm doing this, hey, I have an opportunity for you here, and they're calling you. And then when the time comes for the quid pro quo, like, hey, now I have something for you, or I need his help, and they're like, ghost town, right? I have a friend who is, has shown me so much selflessness, and he asked nothing in return. Um, and I don't, I've never even met him in person. I went to high school with his wife. We met via, um, he found me on social media. Yeah. And, and we've become really good friends over the past year. We, we try to meet up in person. It just didn't work. But this guy, Jeff Forrester, mm-hmm. he has well, impressed me so well, much. Jeff. And I, and I want to emulate him because he literally is a selfless human being. And you don't find that that much. Like sometimes he just like what calls me or texts me, hey, man, what can I pray for you for this week? What do you have going on in your life? Or he sends me people for a podcast, or uh, he just he'll just edify you out of nowhere. Or if you need something, he's always there for it. And you know, sometimes you see that once or twice, but when you see a person do that over and over and over again, you have to stop and go, "Hey, these kind of people are rare. Let me let me reciprocate and let me show him some selflessness back because." That's what we have in this day and age is we're in a, a state of busyness and a state of let's hustle and let's get ahead. And it's always, what can, what can they do for me? What can you do for me? What can you do for me? I need this from you and I need this from you. And then you don't realize, hey, what am I pouring back? And, and so when you see these people and you feel them, you got to stop sometimes. Sometimes all they want is a thank you, a sincere thank you out of the blue. Hey, Jeff, man, like, I just want to let you know, bro. The, the type of friendship that you're showing to me is, is rare and, and I value it. Thank you. And then sometimes you have to stop and say, wait, what have I done for Jeff? What have, not that he's asked me to do, but what can I reach out to him and say, what can I help him with? Mm. And that's, that's a beautiful part of a, a, a relationship in both friends and business. This brings up a really, this could be controversial. Um, oh man, I'm trying to figure out how to position this because it just sparked something in me. You know, I think about what you just said and where this world is very much about collaboration now and, um, you know, the, the sort of the low maintenance, high yield kind of relationships where, hey, you know, you do this for me, I'll do this for you, and then we can help grow each other's following business, et cetera. Makes sense, right? Certainly strategic. Um, but where's the real stuff? in friendship where where's where's i just want to spend time with this person because they make me feel good or where are they in the darkest moments of time in your life where are they when you really need something other than a business transaction that has perceived value monetarily 
And you bring that up, and I was thinking about, you know, in in our in some previous businesses when, for instance, <laughs> you're smiling because I'm trying to be careful. You know, when, for instance, people would earn their way to have dinner with said leader. And we were part of that. You know, we would do that. We would like have a, a contest and we would help drive, you know, revenue uh, through the organization, help people rise to the next level of leadership. And then at an event, they would earn the right to have dinner with the leaders, rub elbows with the Which leaders. I want to punch myself in the face. I want to punch myself in the face for saying that that was okay. And it wasn't until our time eclipsed there that I was like, this is not okay. <laughs> this it's is egotistical not, for us to think about it's that. It's not okay. It's terrible. You have to make me money or make yourself money in order to earn your right to have dinner in the same room as me, to spend that amount of time with me. When did this become okay? When did that become the, the barometer for how we do business. And we've changed since then. We woke up since then. And I think a lot of that had to do with us creating Turned On and realizing all the areas of our lives that we kind of went to sleep on and said, wait, so we put the strategy first, we left the spirit out, therefore lost the connection to God and just started doing things the way the marketplace did things started doing things the way that showed ROI on paper, not ROI spiritually. That bothers me. And it bothers me to the point where I want to shout it through this microphone and into the earbuds that you're wearing, listener, because if you're a part of something that makes you feel that way, that you didn't earn your right to spend time with someone that you feel is in some hierarchy, you better think about what you're a part of. Think about what you're working towards because that is not what you were probably there for in the beginning. And I look at business this way, very much so, like because it's where the marketplace has been flipped on its head because for so many years we have said, we can't talk about God and get paid at the same time. We can't talk about spirituality in the marketplace because it just doesn't go wrong it does go because it's a set of principles that you live your life by and those principles aren't set in a silo that just stays under the roof in your four walls of your home those principles should be carried with you in your marriage in your personal walk in your faith walk and in your business walk because otherwise we have commission ships. And the minute you don't start actually yielding a return for that person, you've got to cancel culture. Well, you must not be serious enough. You must not want, want it badly enough. You must blah, 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 blah. And therefore you can't earn your right to be here because this is the standard that we set. What standard? What standard? A revenue standard? Or are we going to go back to the standard of what it takes to actually live your life like a decent human being that lives by a moral code and does not waver from it. That's the kind of relationships I'm interested in, in every area of my life. Business, 
not only included, but with a big yellow highlighter over it, because that is how this marketplace should be run, in my personal opinion. And if it's not, I don't want any part of it. I agree. <laughs> Sorry, I, yeah, here's the thing. It's, it's so, look, this is tough. I'm not going to lie. This is, this is tough, you know, and the only word, again, I'm, I'm, as I'm thinking about this and I'm listening to you and I'm, the only word I can think of is humility. Um, because we have to have humility and on all fronts as we grow, especially, um, we can't, sometimes we say things and we're like, do we say this? How are people going to take it? Um, have I been guilty of this on my own totally. before? Am I going to be Absolutely. hypocritical if I say this, but if we're not moving forward, if we're not at least bringing these things to the conversation, then then we're just playing vanilla. And you know, as my book comes out, and I realize, hey, there's going to be a couple things in there that might rub people the wrong way, and and sometimes that keeps me awake at night. I think, oh, how is my family member going to take this? How is my friend going to take this? Will will they take this the wrong way? And then you think, well, okay, well, what are you going to do? Write a book where, hey, this, the grass is green and the sky is blue and everybody loves you, right? I mean, that doesn't move the needle. So what Angelique just said are things that we've done before. Um, it's, it's, not a, it's not a cut and dry. There may be some instances where people do something where it, it is some type of thing where it's like, oh, well, that makes sense. Right. You know, but for the most part, for the most part, and let's not, let's not, you know, let's not wrap it up in a bow and say, hey, look, let's package it this way. Let's be raw and real and say, hey, yeah, it, it, it feels kind of weird to say, hey, if you do good enough, I'll let you have dinner with me, as if that means something. Just like, just like this whole thing with the NFL, and they're trying to raise money for this thing, and Aaron Rodgers is like, hey, I'll give you my game day jersey and, and a sideline pass. And I'm like, Aaron, you got more money than you know what to do with. Why would you want people to bid on something? Why don't you just give a lot of what you already have? Yeah. Like, why are we, why are we acting like, geez, if I, could just smell, if I could just smell your jersey and be close enough to you, that's idolatry. Yes, it is. That's idolatry. And, and look, I'm wearing a jersey. <laughs> so, again, there's that gray area. Do I feel like a hypocrite? Yeah. But this man is a man of God. Demario Davis is a man of God. Um, I believe that I could, you know, if I saw somebody in person and I, I wanted to go up to them, would I go up to them and say, can I have a picture with you? In my youth, I probably would have. Now, I'd probably be like, not so much. No. I, I don't, don't want to, because I'm trying to grow. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. Doesn't mean I won't. If I got like starry eyed, I don't know. But I know that it's idolatry. Mm -hmm. And so, just because we realize these things and we can shine a light on them, doesn't mean we're perfect. Doesn't mean we all have it all figured out. Um, if we seem a little bit polarizing, judgmental, that could be taken that way too. But these things need to be talked about. Well, I, I want to actually go back just for a second because this is not what I was saying before regarding to earn your right to eat, have dinner, whatever. My point is, is that, look, there's only so many hours in the day. If, if we, as mentors, spent endless amounts of time with every single person, there, you couldn't, there'd be no, there'd be literally no needle moving at all because you can't get everywhere on hugs and love, okay? There has to be a point when you get serious and strategic and you prioritize time and you have sacred space around different things so that you can produce fruit. And producing fruit is not just, you know, making everyone feel good all the time. However, when, when it starts to get that, cross that line, like I said, where it's just like, well, you can't, 
you know, you've got to really earn your time with me. That can get really kind of hairy because then I'm then saying, I'm not going to even give you 15 minutes of my time because you're not worth my time. Says who? Right? So my point is, is that there does come a time where David and I have to create a boundary in our lives, personally, professionally, whatever, so that we know how we're spending our time. But when we get to the point where we're, where we're actually creating some incentive from spending time yeah. with us, like you had to earn your right to be there, otherwise you weren't worthy of it, that's an issue for yeah. me. Because that is and what will perpetuate idolatry. And therefore, people are going to be hanging on to the hem of your garment like you're Jesus Christ himself. Not okay. Not okay. Let's get, let's get into him. Let, let's get into that part because that's an important part. It's a segue here. Um, so there's a couple of verses here that I want to share with you guys. And this is what the Bible teaches. This is what the ultimate self-development book teaches about friendship. Uh, Proverbs 27, five through six, this, this line here, it's a deeper line. And I want you to think about what it means to you. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. That's kind of like, okay, let me dissect that. Cause it, you could read it three or four different times and think different things. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. What I take that to mean is, um, I'd rather have Angelique hurt me or one of my good friends hurt me. I know, and I know it's going to happen, not because they intend to, but that's just what happens. But I can trust them. Wounds from a friend, like I know what I'm getting. What scares me is the people that I don't know, the, the enemies that are unseen, the ones that are, are cloaked in friendship, and they just continue to kiss. Those are the dangerous ones, because at least I know with my people here, I know what I'm getting. It's the ones that are cloaked in friendship. That, that come off as that, and they just continue to give you kisses, and then all of a sudden, that's when you come up <laughs> to be hurt. Oh, yeah. And then 1 Corinthians 15.33, bad company corrupts good character. And this goes back to the old self-development thing, who are you surrounding yourself with? Mm -hmm. But people will say, well, I'm surrounding myself with someone over there who makes a lot of money, someone over there who has a lot of connections. Hey, that's great. Where's your character, people? Look at, look at what happens to people in Hollywood. Look what happens to people in Washington, D.C. They get corrupted. What's at stake? As a follower of politics, I, I truly believe that even your most hated politicians went to D.C. and originally were elected with great intentions. They were corrupted. So picture whoever you have in your mind right now. You know the person you say you just, you know, for lack of a, mm, mm, this person, this senator, this congresswoman. For those of you just listening and not watching the video, David is on his hands around someone's neck. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and think about I believe that they went to Washington going, I'm going to change the world. I have good intentions. And they get there, and that's where the devil, that's where he makes his home in Washington, D.C. <laughs> that company corrupts good character. Why? I mean, because we know that. We know that. Yeah. So God says, hey, you know what? Have a godly friendship. A godly friendship. Proverbs 18.24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother? Who do you think that is? Who's the only friend that can stick closer than a brother? That's a godly friendship. So we have to look at God as a, as a real person, not just something in a book, 
not just something you can't see, but it, that's why we talk about having a conversation. That's why in the Turned On book and the chapter on faith, I say, you have to have conversations. You have to have a relationship with Jesus. You have to talk to him. He will talk back. He will talk back. You might, you might not hear it, but you'll feel it. You got to know it. It's, it's, it's the leap of faith that that's what it's based on. He'll react in your life, but he will be closer than any friend. The question is, will you be godly in your friendship? Will you humble yourself? Will you have humility? Will you have selflessness? Hey, I am working on that. <laughs> it's not really my strong point, and I'll admit it, but I'm working on it because I see it. Well, it just, you know, you're, what you're saying right now, you're, you said he will talk back. And somebody might be saying, when? How do I know? When can, you know, how will I know? And what, do you, what, is, it, what is he saying? And is it a whisper? Is it audible? Is it a sign? Maybe this is it, guys. <laughs> if you're feeling convicted right now um, for any reason whatsoever in what we're sharing, that to, that to me is when God oftentimes speaks. Now, I'm not saying that it's because it's going to ultimately come through David and I. I'm just saying that in our steps of obedience, because what we're trying really hard to do, you know, with humility, knowing we're going to make mistakes, is be mouthpiece for God, you know, be his hands and feet. That's what we're called for, to be his hands, his feet, and his mouthpiece as much as humanly possible so that we can actually multiply the work here um, and, and create an illicit change. So if it comes by the way of a podcast, <laughs> and you're feeling convicted right now, and this is something that was touchy for you, and, and maybe, you know, it's really kind of tugged on your heartstrings, well, perhaps this is an opportunity for you to take a hard look at those relationships, whether it's something that you need to be personally responsible for and take a look in the mirror first, which, by the way, is part of the divine order, is looking to correcting yourself first. This is not permission for you to go out and start pointing fingers at the people that have done you wrong, okay? It's about course correcting your own steps, surrendering in the process, and then taking steps forward in order to mend those things. And if those other people that don't come around, then we have to remember also that they have a will of their own. And if they're not willing to course correct, then it's not reciprocal. We can't force that. We can only remain true to ourselves and true to the God that has turned us on to him. And, and a good friend doesn't have a timeline. That's the hard Correct. part. That's very hard. Because what we want to say is, hey, I've been good to this person. I've been good to this person. I've been forgiving. I've been selfless. Cancel. And, and, and they <laughs> haven't responded. Well, we don't know what their timeline is. We don't know what they've been going through. We don't know what kind of strongholds they're in. And so you can't put a timeline on there. And you can't hold that regret. And this is a lesson that, again, we have, I have not perfected. But what I see is I would be willing to humble myself. If anybody out there is my friend and I have wronged them or they have wronged me and we haven't spoken, and I would humble myself and say, well, let's try it over. Let's try and hit the reset button. Because that's what a good friend, that's what a godly friend is all about. So I hope this has helped you. If you have any uh, parting words, Ange, but I think the friendship one is a tough one. You know, um, my parting words, uh, you know, nothing planned here, but like David said, trust, reciprocation, respect, humility, you know, these are things that we carry with us as fruit into all the relationships that we have. And that first relationship is our relationship with God. If we don't have trust there, if we don't have reciprocation there, if we don't have respect for our father, if we don't have the ability to humble ourselves before him, 
we can pretty much forget about how it's going to be carried out into our personal and professional lives. So once we can start working on that, then we can take a hard look in the mirror, start trusting ourselves, start having a reciprocal relationship with the things that we demand on our lives and actually producing, start respecting who we are and like what we see. And if we don't have the ability to correct it, humbling ourselves, and then taking that to our personal relationships, whether it's in the home team or, or in your immediate family or, or um, even extended family and friendships. And by all means, and what I consider one of the most important ones is in the marketplace. Because if we can fix that, or at least start moving the needle in the right direction, we're talking about a radical undertaking and a revival for where God can actually do some really meaningful work. Why? Because the love of money is and will be the root of evil. And so that's where things will get upside down. How can we see that's evident in our lives? What's the first thing you do in the morning? Most of us, our first thing we're doing is thinking about work. First thing we're doing is thinking about money. First thing we're doing is worrying about possessions. First thing we're doing is worrying about what's being taken away from us. That means that we have somewhere along the way inverted the order. So we go back, go back to the divine order, go back to God, flip the switch there, and then little by little, all of the lights and all of the hallways will start to come on. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening the Turned On Podcast. We hope this turned you on today and we look forward to joining you next time.